Hello and welcome back to After the Whistle Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan, alongside Jack again. And we've had an extended break um, in in football and just making the, the podcast because we've been uh, away from school for a little bit. But we're ready to get started again. Um, we're going to wrap up the college football season, which uh, I know you're going you're gonna to agree with me, Jack, but I feel like this is a really solid season. We didn't get the playoff games that we hoped in the semis. But um, we'll be going through maybe some of the bigger takeaways um, and then our picks for the national championship. Uh, so, Jack, let's, let's get us started here. Started here. Yeah, uh, I think it was a good was- season. Uh, you know, one big thing I will say before the bowl that I don't think we ever talked about was the whole number one recruit thing, switching to Jackson State. Remember that? Uh, Travis Hunter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought that was really interesting and wonder if it, you know, will be a new thing in recruiting. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the landscape of recruiting with all the NIL stuff um, is completely uncharted territory, I feel like, for all coaches. And we've seen certain teams, um, <clears throat> Texas A&M, just <laughs> uh, take advantage of the lack of jurisdiction that anyone has over any of this. Um, and we've seen them. Um, I think officially they have the highest ranked recruiting class ever in the history of recruiting rankings. So congrats to the Aggies. I guess um, they can now have the highest rated recruiting class with a nine and three season next year. (laughs) But um, no, yeah, we saw the Travis Hunter flip from Florida state to uh, uh, Jackson state. Uh, I think we're going to see maybe one or two guys try to take a a similar path. take advantage of all the pub- publicity and with that the money they can now receive off their name and likeness but we still see the big players in recruiting um doing what they do best i mean georgia alabama ohio state they're all up there again and so uh we, nil is a different topic and we've talked about nil a lot on here um and yeah. we actually t- we've talked about the lack of parity in college football a lot on here as well but um for those who hope that NIL is going to even the playing field in terms of recruiting. I don't think that's the case. Seems I think like it's the gonna, opposite. I think it's going to make the bigger teams with more resources that are more invested in football, um, they're going to get more of the guys because now you can be a backup and make three hundred thousand uh, dollars at Alabama versus um, going to a smaller school, not making as much in name and likeness, and um, not winning a championship. For sure. Uh, and the other thing is, I don't even think we've had a podcast since Dylan Gabriel from UCF committed to UCLA and then committed, recommitted to Oklahoma after Caleb Williams entered the transfer portal. Spencer Rattler committed to South Carolina, uh, along with that uh, other big, what, tight end from Oklahoma. Uh, a lot of stuff going on, for sure. Yeah, this offseason, along with the coaching carousel, and we, we still, I, I didn't want to talk about this, but um the nfl season is going to come to the end come to an end in a little bit and with that you're always going to hear the uh uh nfl guys saying that certain college coaches might make a step up to the nfl or certain coaches who have been coaching in the nfl might go back to the nfl um i don't know who that could be but uh there there are always these (laughs) these rumors and i mean i've heard i've heard a lot of ryan day to the bears um the raiders jobs up I would love I that. Uh, yeah, I've heard I a lot know. of Harbaugh. As long as Harbaugh possibly, doesn't go to the Bears, we're good. Um, 
<laughs> Harbaugh would be a great coach for the Bears. And you, you all know right. That. All right. Uh, let's talk about some of these big bowl games. Uh, Oklahoma defeated Oregon. Um, you know, behind big Caleb Williams, you know, I, I think what Thibodeau opted out probably, uh, yeah. you know, so it was a little bit of a hobbled Oregon defense that went up 47 points, uh, you know, kind of a weak Clemson team beat and also kind of a weak Iowa state team in the kind of uneventful cheese at bowl, you know, two teams that uh, I would like to make a note of Clemson real quick though, because this was a down season, um, recently for Clemson and they still won 10 games. And they got better each week. Uh, That's true. Cl- like well, really we'll ta- great we'll talk job. About that. Oh yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah, continue, please. Uh, the new. Uh, let's see. Michigan State beat Pitt in a game with no Kenneth Walker, no Kenny Pickett. Uh, but you know, crazy end of that game. MSU had like Pitt was about to score a touchdown. MSU had a, like a walk off pick six. Uh, Crazy Music City Bowl in which Purdue beat Tennessee in overtime with some questionable calls as well. Wisconsin questionable calls. Um, I need to make a note on this. That Tennessee-Purdue game, Tennessee should have scored and won the game. Yeah. In overtime, the refs, the, blew him, the refs blew the whistle, calling forward progress on the one-yard line when he was still moving forward and got to the yeah. end zone. Um, that was really bad. Like That was literally taking victory. Uh, from from the jaws of of Tennessee, there that was pretty bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, let's see the New Year's Six bowls: Oklahoma State beat Notre Dame in a pretty classic Fiesta Bowl. Ohio State beat Utah in one of the best Rose Bowls we've seen in decades, 48-45. Baylor, you know, hobbled Ole Miss's offense. Corral obviously got hurt, didn't play a lot of it. Definitely was factor. Uh. Kentucky beat Iowa, the Frogs, I'm trying to think of a Hawkeye Frog. Arkansas, you know, after going, what, winning like two games last year, went nine and four, beating Penn State, who was ranked in the top five at some point. Uh, And then there's the big ones. You want to, you want to talk about either of the big ones? Yeah, I'll start with, um, I'll start with the Cotton Bowl, uh, Alabama, Cincinnati, and this one was just Alabama being the better football team. Um, I thought Bryce Young played exceptional going up against uh, Sauce Gardner, Kobe Bryant, and the uh, uh, NFL talent defensive backs that Cincinnati has. Um, I was really impressed with uh, Alabama's defensive line, who got after Desmond Ritter every single play um, to the point where Ritter was struggling to even complete a pass. Uh, I thought Nick Saban coached a very strong game, which is to be expected. Um, and it was just kind of like a boring game. I, I thought Alabama's offense kind of got got it going a little bit more in the second half. They were pretty slow in the first half. But um, Brian Robinson ran for, I think, 230 yards or something crazy like that. Uh, there was no real struggle or a sense of doubt for Alabama in that game. Yeah, a couple of things I'll add is it's Saban. Like, he's not going to lose. Like, he, he's been there so, so many times. He just knows what's going on. Uh, a second thing is that first drive, I think they ran the ball to Brian Robinson, what, like 12 plays in a row? Yeah, 12 plays without a pass. Without a pass. They just rammed it down Cincinnati. It was it was hard to watch. Uh, and the last thing is that I don't think Jamison Williams, did they target him, like, at all? I mean, he was, like, they didn't even want no piece of soft yeah. partner. And I think that's just because – he yeah he had he had one te- or 
Oh no, he did. He had a couple catches, but it, they they have so many talented receivers. Even with like Mechie out, uh, that you know people like Brooks and Bolden, they can they can pick up the slack. It's out there. Yep. Uh, the other game, the Capital One Orange Bowl, unfortunate for Michigan fans. It was not close. It was really. It was what, like twenty-seven zero to start off the game. I mean, it was it was saddening. Like, yeah, like they got you guys got your Ohio State win, but it was like SEC. I mean, you guys got JJ McCarthy, Harbaugh, hopefully a lot to look forward to. This brutal. I mean, this Georgia team showed why it's maybe one of the best. Before the Alabama game, Georgia was thought to be the best defense in the history of college football. Yeah, And then Alabama ended up tearing into pieces, and people thought that other teams, other than Nick Saban-led Alabama, can do the same thing. And that's just flawed logic. Um, Georgia, from the start, in basically all positions and facets of the game, were bigger, stronger, and just more talented. And, I mean, that, that checks out. <laughs> when, when you look at the types of players that Georgia has versus the types of players that any other school other than Ohio State and Alabama have, um, and I mean, we mentioned it before talking about the recruiting rankings and the, uh, lack of parity in college football, but that's just what it is. The players yeah. are just, are just better. Yeah. I mean, Michigan's the like pass rush has been great. They had zero sacks and only two tackles for loss. Georgia. I mean, Michigan State. I mean, sorry, Michigan's offensive line has been, you know, pretty great. They went up seven tackles for loss and four sacks. It was just stronger, faster, better. Totally agree with you. I, I mean, want to give a special. Quorum had 13 yards and Haskins had 39. Like, you just are not going to win football I, I want to give just a quick shout out to one guy that really stood out when I was watching that game. Nicobe Dean, the All American, uh, all for SEC first team, middle linebacker for Georgia, projected uh, first round pick in the NFL draft. Um, was absolutely electric, incredible. Um, some of the best linebacking play. I think I've seen in a game. Um, he was running toe for toe with Blake Corum on a little bubble screen out to the right side. And he picked him up sideline to sideline and beat him to the spot. So he has elite speed, elite size. And I think we're going to start doing some, some podcast work on NFL draft prospects. So stay tuned for that. But I know for a fact that if I'm an NFL team looking for just a difference maker on defense, like a Devin White type, a Roquan Smith type, I'm 100% looking to Kobe Dean. Yeah, well, I guess we could jump right into picking the Bama Georgia yep. games and then maybe look at the season more as a whole. Uh, I mean, these teams already played. Uh, it was the SEC championship, and we saw what happened. And I'm a little – the spread, Georgia's the favorite. Three points, and despite getting pretty much destroyed by Nick Saban in the SEC championship. What do you think? I think this is this is an interesting matchup um, because these are two great teams, the two best teams in college football, and because they already played each other. So this adds a different dynamic to the game because it's not just that they have time to look at film for the extended period, but they actually played each other. So they know what adjustments need to be made. And so when I'm looking at this game, I'm thinking what team can respond better, at least in George's case, um, how can they respond to that loss they took earlier? And then in Bama's case, how can they build upon some of the stuff that they did correctly against Georgia earlier um, in order to do a similar thing in the game? And the, the two things that stand out, 
um, if Georgia were to win this game, is that Stetson Bennett does not try to be something that he isn't. Um, Georgia started to panic in the SEC championship game when Alabama went up a couple of scores, and all of a sudden they went away from their entire identity. They started trying to throw the ball around, and Alabama game-planned it correctly, and Stetson Bennett didn't have a particularly good game, but I think most of that was due to the fact that they weren't used to playing from behind. And the second thing is, can Georgia's monstrous defensive line, who has been outstanding for every game besides the SEC championship game, can they get consistent pressure against Bryce Young? Because that's what was missing in the SEC championship game. Bryce Young was able to stay in the pocket, cool, calm, and collected like he usually is. And he was able to find Jameson Williams downfield. Um, Before Mechie got hurt, he was able to find Mechie downfield. And he was able to take control of that game from the pocket. Georgia is going to have to try to move him from that spot, make him uncomfortable, which Cincinnati did a little bit. Cincinnati, when yeah. Cincinnati got past there rush. There were plays where you could tell, like Bryce Young. Bryce Young there were, there were drives. Bryce Young looked like flustered for really the first time I've seen all year. And so for my, my pick in this game, uh, I, I usually don't like to do this, but I'm going to go against Nick Saban here. I think Georgia is a really complete football team. I think they're pissed off because they lost. I think they're making adjustments. Um, I think they have the speed and the size to compete in the trenches with Georgia, with Alabama, I mean. Um, and I think they're going to make Bryce Young uncomfortable, which is all you can ask for. So I, I got Georgia winning. I think it's a close game. Um, but I, I would even say Georgia by a touchdown. Yeah, I'm going to take Georgia too. I agree. I think it's just like there are obvious adjustments that can be made. And like I think Saban just out – like smarted them this first game like i think georgia is a better team uh obviously both these teams really kind of embarrassed their playoff opponents it'll be fun to watch them play again but like yeah a lot of the problem came from the d-line not pressuring you know bryce young the secondary letting jameson williams just blow right by him with no matchy you know the, the d-line already stopped ryan robinson they, you saw no touchdowns 55 yards in the sc championship um i think that continues i think i, I do think they make the adjustment and uh bryce young you know, gets a little pressure. I think Stetson Bennett cannot throw interceptions like he did in the first, uh, in their first meeting. Um, but I, I just think this defense has been tested and you're, you're right. They're pissed off. Uh, I don't think Georgia's going to make some of the mistakes they made in the last game. And I think they're going to, I think they're going to come back and, and give Saban uh, a run for his money. Yeah. I'm just looking to see you, every single time, Bama plays in a championship scenario. We always have one player who ends up just going off creating a name for himself. I'm curious to see who that is for Alabama. Like we saw Brian Robinson against Cincinnati. We saw Bryce Young kind of solidify his Heisman status in the SEC championship game. Like who, who do you I mean, think is going to stand I mean, it's hard to say that I think the number one sack leader in the country needs to solidify his name. But if there's a guy on Bama to watch, it's sophomore linebacker Will Anderson. Yes. Dude is a menace i mean do we think he's gonna be the number one pick in the next year like i I don't know maybe uh i mean well next year's draft is i think is a really good draft class that's where i see a quarterback getting taken yeah i agree with you but i think this guy is like first overall he's incredible he 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 demands a double team players yeah he demands a double team yeah. All right, let's uh, move on. Uh, we wrapped up college football. We'll have some more stuff maybe in the offseason. Um, but we're going to put that on hold for, for at least a couple of weeks here. Uh, let's go back and focus, refocus on college basketball. 
and uh, I think we're like a month or so in, two months so in, um, and we have a clearer picture of what these teams are, who are frauds, who are overrated, what teams are underrated, what teams look like they can um, build upon a solid first third of the season. Uh, and I just want to ask you real quick, like what are, what are some teams, players, uh, games that really stood out for you uh, to this point? Um, there are a couple. I, I think some of these, these Pac-12 teams need to start playing each other uh they haven't because of covid you know ucla hasn't played in like a month usc and arizona i think we play them both next week once these those three teams play each other uh we should we should know a lot more about what's going out west the other thing is the sec uh i think maybe the biggest i don't know about shocker but surprising in my opinion is that uh auburn has really been leading the sec and and kind of far and away uh, which is which is rather surprising considering you know Kentucky, Tennessee, uh, LSU, how talented a lot of these teams are. Very uh, Bama even um, Texas. It's it's stacked. It's be stacked. And right now Auburn's leading the pack. Uh, we'll see if that holds through you know the rest of conference play. Um, the other thing I'll say is how stacked the Big Twelve is. Uh, Baylor, you know I can doubt them. They've been Unreal. They're ranked third and yeah, well, yeah. I seem to remember that that yeah, maybe you you were so low. Yeah, on I, but you know what? I'm willing to admit I have said they needed to be tested, and I think they've been tested. Uh, I mean, last night they played a great game against Oklahoma, pulled it out. Uh, this is a good team. Uh, I think this is a really good team. I think Kansas is a really good team. I think Kansas is a Final Four caliber team. I've been talking about that all year. They have two of the like two guys who could both have legit Player of the Year candidacy in Christian Braun and Okay Abadji. Um, yeah, can I quickly make a note on Baylor while yeah, you're at him? Um, sure. can, we, can we start talking about uh, freshman Kendall Brown on Baylor? Because he's been w- probably one of the best surprises for this Baylor team. Um, and I know going into the season, we had some questions on how they're going to uh, supplement some of the uh, wing play that they lost to the draft. Um, and Jared Butler, Davion Mitchell, they had great lockdown wings. And it looks like Kendall Brown's a guy that's going to step in. Uh, he's just all over the place. Um, I remember watching a game. He was, I forgot which one, but they were going up against a zone and he was running baseline and consistently um, cutting and getting to the hoop for easy baskets. Uh, he's shooting really well. I think he's shooting, let's see. Now I'm not going to find it, but uh, 45% from three. He hasn't shot that many threes, but I mean, he can do it. Uh, 71% from twos, which is even more impressive. Uh, he's incredibly efficient. He has a he has a couple of games that he really went off in the box score against. I mean, against Oregon, he had 17. Uh, against uh some of the lesser opponents like uh, Central Arkansas, Stanford, and Alcorn State, he had 15 plus. But he's a guy that I'm looking uh every week to see kind of what he does because he's grown so much up until this point. And I think he's going to be a big part of whether this Baylor team can win a back-to-back championship. The other thing is, I think the, the scary thing is that this Baylor team has a lot of room to improve. I think they can get a lot better. Uh, I mean, they have four guys averaging double figures. Akinjo from Arizona has been, you know, leading the pack with 14 points and six assists a game and two steals. I mean, he's been really good. And guys like Adam Flagler, 
and and Flo Thamba uh, coming off the bench. Uh, Flagler's I think starting, but like Thamba off the bench, like these are guys who can make more of an impact. And you know, obviously, season's gonna ride on. People might get injured, et cetera. I think the Baylor team is, is pretty deep. I, I think Gotru has done a gonna done, done a good job, and this this is a team to watch. Maybe the team to watch. Yeah, and, and listen to some of the teams they've beaten already. So they beat Michigan State, who's a top 10 team, 75 to 58. They beat Villanova uh, big time. They beat Oregon by a lot. They just beat Iowa State, and they just beat Oklahoma. So they're putting up pretty outstanding efficiency numbers. They're fifth in offensive efficiency and 12th in defensive efficiency, um, and they're playing top 25 teams. So anyone who thought that Baylor was going to take a huge step back after the national championship year last year, um, I think Baylor's kind of silencing him now. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, I mean, Gonzaga has lost two games. Like, I think it's noteworthy. I mean, you know, they, they last year, what, like were like 25 and 0 and now they have two losses within their first, you know, dozen games. Yeah. I, I, uh, I don't know. Like they're still really good and they still will probably make the final four, but I will say know. one of those losses it was to Duke a couple, I think it was like a month or so ago uh, in Vegas. And Duke, of course, is top five team in the country. And that game itself was high-level basketball uh, throughout. So, I mean, like, they, they have lost some games. They lost that Duke game, lost the to Alabama. But um, I don't think their play is, is really any worse than what it was last year. I just think that um, they're playing some tougher opponents and they're trying to figure out who they can go to, um, especially at the guard position. I agree. It, it's yeah. It's clear that Nemhard is not sucks. Like he's good. He's been great, but he's not sucks. And they need that. Yeah. You know. So they need to adjust to that. I agree. Yeah. And, and right now, if I was picking a final four, I guess you know what? Let's let's random. You want to go first? Pick your final four. Yeah, let's do it. Um, I'd go Baylor. Uh, I would go Duke. Um, I would go Gonzaga, and. As of now, I, I still really like Arizona. So mm. I, I think that's that's where I'm going with this. Yeah. I, I'm taking Baylor, Duke, and Gonzaga, too. The, the fourth team, I hate – like, I hate to not say UCLA, but it's just like we haven't seen enough. Like, I, like I think they're probably fifth right now. I think Kansas is, is, a, is a fourth final four team in my but See, I, I still just have questions about Kansas, though. Like I, I I'm not gonna okay okay I'm not gonna sit here and say that they're Both not front a top, and backboard is just so good. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and say that they're not a top offensive team. I mean they're right they're number two right now in, in offensive efficiency, but I worry a little bit about their defense and like come tournament time, like I want to see that as the strength of this Kansas team because they do have scores. That's that's hundred percent true, but they also have some some defensive lapses. Uh, and their guard play is really solid. McCormick down low is going to give you consistent points and rebounds. But again, I think they're what? Like, yeah, they're not even top 30 in defensive efficiency, which is a little bit alarming when you look at some of the other teams that we have uh, in our initial Final Fours. These teams are all um, elite offenses and elite defenses. So yeah, I, 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 I guess will... I can see that. I, but I, I really I think that, you know, like, McCormick and like Jalen Wilson is well, I guess now that after he's not he's heard he's starting, but like that's Lightfoot is your sixth man. Like, I don't know. This team is no, really no, good. they they have they have like a really solid rotation. Yeah. I'm just worried about 
I'm just I'm just worried about some like the I know I, I, I understand had. your concern. I worry about the valid. defense a little bit. Um, again, I mean they're going to be a one or two seed come tournament time. So like these are yeah. nitpicky stuff. But when I'm comparing them to the other teams that we like a lot, mm-hmm. uh, I'm just not as high on them. Speaking so about see, teams, I mean, we're that, not even mentioning Houston, who has lost two games, but is number one. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna get to it. I'm gonna do like a little. It's a longer segue, but we'll get to it eventually. Um, a team that we haven't talked about a lot that we did uh, in the last podcast was Purdue, mm-hmm. and you, I remember, were a huge Purdue supporter, and I noticed that you. I mean, just now you didn't have Purdue in your Final Four. What has changed for you on on the Purdue front? I mean, they've lost two games to inferior opponents. Like, it's just, like, losing the – like, I don't know. Like, I still think they're a really good team. Like, I still I still think they're the best team in the Big Ten. Um, but, like, I don't know. It, like, Ivy, really good. Zach Eady, too tall for any normal human being to guard. Uh, and, and, I mean, they're, they're well coached. It's just – they can't, like, you know, college basketball, we, we love it because you can lose games. Like, in college football, if you lose, like, a, a gimme game, your season's over. College basketball, you can lose to Rutgers on the road, and nobody blinks from tournament. I mean, not nobody blinks. Like, this is still probably going to be a two-seed. Okay, but here's my problem, because, of course, I'm going to jump in on this one. But, um, again, I'm fine with you losing games. I just care, like, how and why you lose. So, the like, a couple of the games of Purdue I've watched, I've watched a few. Half of them are basically Purdue just looking electric on offense. Uh, no one can stop Ivory running running in transition. Uh, Edie's getting his. Travion Williams is doing work in the post. They're getting solid contributions from uh, uh, Mason Gillis and Isaiah Thompson, Ethan Morton, Caleb First, all those guys. And there's some games like the one against Wisconsin the other night where you just see one player on the other team or two players on the other team just dominate and Purdue can't do anything defensively. And that's, well, again, my, my big problem. They're 85th right now in defensive efficiency. Yeah, I mean, it's very clear why. They're number one in offensive efficiency in both metrics, but like pretty much kind of by far. And they're very, very low on defense. Like That's just what this team is going to And do. it's not even just defense as a whole. It's like fourth or second half defense. Like it's giving up easy looks um, in, in transition. It's giving up threes. I mean, in the games they've lost – uh, teams have have not even shot very well from the three point range, but they've shot really well from twos. Um, and just th- these are the consistent buckets I'm talking about. Uh, in Wisconsin, Wisconsin shot let's see six for twenty four from three, and they still ended up winning that game. So, uh, I mean, that, it's just uh, yeah, I I I feel you. Another interesting thing I just found. I'm looking at the, like the defensive efficiency, like numbers overall. Number one, LSU. We really had a lot of question marks about their defense. Number one in the country, Houston. We see, we know. Tennessee. We see, we know. Texas. We see, we know. Iowa State up there too. Auburn up there. I mean, some of these are kind of surprises if you listen to our preseason podcast. Yeah, I mean, I really some of these I really understand. Uh, I understand Houston. Uh, I understand Tennessee. I understand Iowa State. I understand. Auburn to an extent. I just I didn't know how quickly the the young guys were gonna adjust to the college speed. Um, LSU, yeah, I mean, oh, VCU is number two in defense and the number three hundred twenty eighth in offensive efficiency. Yeah, I don't have we That's ever seen. Just played, buddy, 
Yeah, but LSU, I, I, can we talk about LSU real quick? Because um, I think they're currently, what, ranked 21st, 22nd in the latest poll? I watched that game last night, actually. Okay, yeah, so you should, you should speak on them for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they beat, they beat Kentucky. It was, that game was pretty back and forth. There was a lot of like 12-0 run for one team, 12-0 run for the other team. Uh, like I will say, Kentucky, I think, uh, Washington got hurt mid-game and I don't think Wheeler played at all. So it wasn't like a super accurate representation. Uh, but like they held Tashiwe pretty well. I, like he had, he had 13 rebounds. It's hard to say like, oh, you know, good job. But dude is he, I mean, he's averaging 15. So that's like pretty good. Uh, he only had eight points. Like, Kentucky just really couldn't score that much. Like, uh, some of their scores were out, yeah, but, like. Here, you, you should listen to this crazy stat. So, okay. Ty Ty Washington, the highly touted freshman for Kentucky, uh, had 33 minutes. In those 33 minutes, he had two fouls and five points. Well, yeah. he's on the season, he's averaging 13 points, not that bad. Uh, 48% from the field is, is pretty bad. Um, it's about league average or, or for the NCAA. And um, a little under four assists and about four rebounds. And he, I mean, he was supposed to be the guy who um, they can get the ball to, to create, to score, to run that offense. And he's had a couple of duds like this. And it's starting to get to the point where early in the year, I was excusing it for just, just being young and, and not having the experience. But I mean, now I'm starting to get a little bit alarmed at, at what his production is. Um, he's had some games where he's gone off for 20 points and some games where he's gotten single figures against pretty bad teams. I mean, we saw against Notre Dame uh, earlier in December, he had 33 minutes, went three for seven from the field with only six points. So for, for a team like Kentucky who needs a guard who can consistently give them scoring and playmaking, uh, I'm alarmed if if severe wheel if severe Wheeler isn't able to go, they got real problems there. Oh yeah, I totally agree. He he's pretty like he's a freshman. Like it's it, it's sort of an excuse, but like you're that talented. Like, Dude, he was a top ten player projected to go gotta, lottery yeah. pick in the draft. Like you've yeah. got to start to turn up at some point. No, at least look for your shot a little bit. Certainly back to LSU, they they have like had no games with any bad defensive stats. Like they've held. Like basically every team, they're like three, like just terrible three point percentages. They have a turnover rate like almost in the 30s. Like they've like they only have had like one game where the other team shot like 50% or higher. Like, and I think it was when they lost to Auburn. Uh, they, yeah, yeah. And even in that loss against Auburn, they had a turnover percentage of 28% defensively. So, so forcing turnovers. And Auburn's um, really good. I mean, they've lost one game, and it was in double OT. It was like a crazy – it was the game of the year so far for me. I mean, I watched it. Like yeah. Game. I mean, the problem with uh, that Auburn game was they only shot 30% from the field, LSU did. Yeah. Um, and you're not going to win games shooting that poorly. I don't, I don't care how good your defense is. Mm-hmm. But LSU has a chance to, I mean, build upon this Kentucky win. Uh, they play Tennessee in a couple of days, and then they play Florida, and then Arkansas, and then Alabama. So wow. they've got a, a really, really tough, difficult schedule. But, I mean, their main core of, of uh, Terry Eason, Darius Days, and Xavier Pinson, they've been pretty incredible. Um, there are a lot of really good teams this year. I'll say just that in general. I think there are a yeah. lot of good teams. 
I mean, e Eason in general, like Eason has been really, really good. Uh, is a transfer from from Cincinnati, but he's upped his his stats basically all around. Um, he he's really one of those guys who's uh, uh, another big man who's able to uh, clog the lane up a little bit and provide that defense and a little bit of shot blocking, along with Efton Reed, the true freshman who's starting to get better too. So they they got a nice young team, um, and of course that offense that they run the the ISO offense with with some pick and rolls. I mean, that's tough to guard on a day to day basis for some of these other SEC teams. Yeah, I mean, and even like teams like Florida, like are like unranked. Those are that, that's a solid team. Like you know. Yeah, I want I want to go to one of my biggest surprise teams. So far in the year, and and they're they're a, a a team that really was overlooked going into the year, and it's uh Colorado State, who's eleven and zero undefeated. They're number fifteen in offensive efficiency. Their defense lagged behind a little bit, but uh, <laughs> again, they're, they're this group of five team or, or a mid major team who can shoot lights out, like absolutely lights out. They're shooting. Second best in, in college basketball, 42% as a team from three. They're shooting 56.9% uh, from twos and 80% from the free throw line. And so you, you know what you're getting with Colorado State. They've beaten some pretty solid teams. They beat Creighton by a good amount. They beat uh, Mississippi State. They beat St. Mary's. Uh, they're playing Boise State. Uh, in a couple of days, which is a pretty big game because Boise State is is one of the uh, solid defensive teams or number 10 in defensive efficiency. But Colorado State, I feel like, is one of those teams that they can win their conference and maybe make some noise as as an 8 seed or uh, as a 12 seed. Yeah. I was going to say, this team screams 12 seed in the NCAA tournament who has a very good chance of upsetting a 5 seed. Their defense clearly leaves a lot to be desired. Their offense, like, reminds me of last year's, like, Oral Roberts, in which that they can just catch fire and shoot the lights out and knock off a number one seed. If they Actually, you know, you know who this team reminds me of? It reminds me yeah. of, I think, two years ago, the Wofford team. That I think they were, were – they, yeah, they were a 10 seed, actually. They were uh, a mid-major – There wasn't a tournament two years ago, so three years ago? Three years ago, yeah, 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 three yeah. years ago. And everyone had them as the trendy pick because they could shoot the three ball lights out. And they ended up losing in the first round. But I yep. see a lot of similarities with this team. And I mean, listen, like 60% from the field as a team is, is craziness. It's nuts. And they beat a really good Mississippi State team. Don't they have uh, how many starters they have shooting over whatever it is? Like, yeah, they have. All right, let's see this. So from three. They have David Roddy, who's shooting 42% from three. They have uh, John Tanyi shooting 56% from three. Deshaun Thomas shooting 54% from three. I mean, they got guys that are, are crazy. I mean, you have two 50% three-point shooters. Yeah, I'm looking at what uh, Torvik, shout out Torvik, uh, his like similar profile. It has 2018 Nevada on there that made it to the Sweet 16 as a 17. Uh, pretty similar in both offensive and defensive. Hold on. Can we talk? Now that I'm, now I'm looking more into this, can we talk about David Roddy? 
the big junior from Colorado State. Look at some of these performances he's had. Against Creighton, goes off for 36 points. Against Bradley, goes off for 30. Northeastern, 27. Mississippi State, 19. St. Mary's, 19. I mean, he's – watch out. This could could be one of those kids that you see later on into March tournament time where all it takes is one game. And, and that's, that's what that's the legend is made. But. This is the greatest sport in the world. Yep. Uh, before we get into some maybe some picks for upcoming games, any other teams you want to talk about? Or are we going to do a top 10? Eh, Whatever uh, direction you want to take. Need, I don't know if we need to do a top 10. Uh, I don't know. Like We could talk about Iowa State. Go ahead. Let's go. Like this team won two games last year. I think they were two and twenty-three, and now they're twelve and one, ranked eleventh in the country, uh, and only almost beat Baylor. Like that was a very close game. Um, it, it comes down to defense, and they've they've really turned it around uh, from from a year ago. And I, I don't know. Do, do you think this team is legit? Uh, I. Okay, I'm not sure with Iowa State because their defense has been elite up until this point, but their offensive efficiency has has really been lackluster. Like they played, bad, yeah. Their games that they played have all been grinders. Like, I mean, heck, they beat Jackson State forty-seven to thirty-seven. Like that looks like a fake score. Jackson State is one of the worst teams in college basketball, and Iowa State only won by ten at home, and they only scored forty-seven points. So I I don't know, and I yeah. I think I think the reason why their offensive efficiency is so low is because that game is like an outlier, like it really pushes their efficiency down a ton. But um, I mean, but other weird things is like they scored seventy eight points against Memphis, like a very good defensively good team. Obviously, yeah. Well, Memphis good. has its own problems. Yeah, we don't want to talk about the dumpster fire that is the Memphis Tigers, but you know, I mean, like they haven't really played anybody. I don't know. I guess they beat Iowa pretty good. They played Xavier. Xavier's a really good team. And I really like Taylor, Xavier. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like this, this could be a sweet 16 team. I well, think. according to, to Bart Torvik and his website, they're next to one, two, three, four, five. I think they have them losing the next like five games or something. So, uh, that does not look Good. Yeah, after the hard schedule. Tech game, at least. Yeah, Tech, I mean, Oklahoma, wow. Kansas. Kansas, yeah, that's a tough. I don't know. I kind of think they're going to beat Oklahoma and Texas Tech. I don't think they beat Texas Tech. I, I think I Texas know. Tech. I mean, Texas Tech's another team we could even talk about. Like, they're one of the more interesting teams in college basketball, too. Because they're a really solid shooting team. They're a fantastic defensive team, as Texas Tech always is. And the only thing that's that's really dragging them down is their turnover percentage, which is uh, in the bottom third of college basketball. Uh, so yeah. in the games that they lost, I mean, sorry, one more team that I really want to talk about real quick is Providence. Yeah. Well, what, real, before, before we get into my opinion, what, what do you think about this team? Like, Are you buying them or – well, I watched a good part of their game last night against Marquette. Uh, this is the oldest team in college basketball, I'm pretty sure. Their average age is 23, which is older than the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's crazy. Uh, they have a lot of experience. 
they had been playing really well. They had five, they were five and zero in quad in, in quad one, uh, which I think is what the top fifty teams, right? Yep. Um, they've been playing really well, and then Chaka Smart gave them a wake up call. Uh, they just could not score like at all. There were stretches of that game, like they just had no player of making a shot. Uh, Marquette put up eighty eight on them, I think, and and they scored like fifty four. It was frankly embarrassing. I mean, like they were on the road, but that can't happen. Uh, I'm 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 selling if I'm I'm rather than buying. So I actually really like Providence. <laughs> so I think again, like Marquette, we've I mean, seen I've only give... watched one game. Maybe it was an outlier. Yeah, I think that's slightly an, maybe a little bit of an outlier. Um, because I, I do like Providence a lot. I think that they're, uh, again, like turnover percentage is, is something that really killed them. Turnovers were big in their loss against Marquette. I mean, beyond the fact that they went 14 for 39 from twos, which you never like to see in a game, they turned the ball over a ton, but they have some big wins. I mean, they beat Seton Hall. They, uh, went out away and beat Connecticut. They beat Texas Tech. They lost to Virginia. That was a tough game though. They beat Wisconsin at a neutral site. I like this team. I mean, I think that they're going to uh, give you solid shooting, especially from the three-point line consistently. I think their defense is more hit or miss depending on um, like how much the other team can run in transition. But I like this team, and A.J. Reeves has played really well. I mean, uh, I think he's shooting – yeah, he's, I mean, he's shooting uh, only 36% from three, but he's getting a bunch of shots up, and, and he used some in the games that they've won, he's the big reason why. Um, they have a really experienced, older roster. I think Ed Cooley is a, a pretty solid coach. I like this team. I don't know if they're going to be – like the top two or three in the Big East by the end of the season, but I do think that they're a solid, um, maybe like four or five seed come tournament time. Yeah, maybe. I think maybe closer to six or seven, but we'll see. We'll see mm. Okay, should we go into maybe some of the games in the upcoming week? Give our takes. Sure. So we got a Big Ten matchup first off. We got Ohio State uh, going to Indiana. Indiana's get they've looked really great at times and looked really Indiana like at times, but uh, actually same with Ohio State. Like Ohio, can we talk about the Big Ten being maybe the most competitive conference? Because I mean, any team can lose on any night, and we've seen that. Yeah, but like, does that make it competitive or more like? I mean, like, yeah, it makes it competitive, but like, is that a good thing? Like, I don't know. somebody like. We thought Michigan was ranked well, like three going in the year, and now like they they forgot like kind of put, like they're they're like the monsters, like they're, like in Space Jam. Can I give you can I give you this stat real quick? Because I didn't want to talk about Michigan, but now we have to. Can I, can I give you the stat? Sure. Okay. So last night against Rutgers, Michigan shot uh twenty four for forty four from twos, okay, including eight missed layups, okay. And, and listen to this. Listen to this. Okay. On the season, Rutgers is shooting from from the three-point line. Uh, Rutgers is shooting around 
I mean, 30% from three against Michigan. They shot 11 for 23 from three. Okay. Including Alex McConnell, who I think was a 15% free throw shooter or a three-point shooter. I think he had three three three-pointers in the game. Um, and wait, there's more. Because the game before that, when Michigan played UCF, UCF shot – hold on. I, you're, you're not going to believe this. This is crazy. UCF shot 60% from the three-point line. So, Michigan's got some defensive problems that I don't think are actually fixable (laughs) until they get new players. (laughs) There's some very big issues, but there's also just the problem of other teams just score a lot more than they should. Like, they just shoot incredible percentages. Um. That, that's that's enough from Michigan. But going back to your point about the Big Ten, I think it's a strong conference throughout. I don't think that it has elite top uh, teams. Like if you're if you're counting on Purdue to be a Final Four team, I don't think that's that's the one. Like I would honestly bet the field against like Big Ten teams who can make the Final Four versus Big Ten versus Purdue making the Final Four. Wow, I would still uh, think Purdue, uh, but the field. Would? I mean. I don't know, like I Wisconsin, Ohio State. Like, is there any like Iowa, maybe Illinois, like, Illinois? Yeah, I mean, but they like besides I don't know. Michigan maybe State. Maybe I take the field. I mean, the field's a lot. Like, you never know what like Indiana or something. I mean, listen, but, Illinois, Illinois, and Michigan State. I mean, they're they're gonna be. Michigan, yeah, you know, I, I would probably take the field too. But like, I, I still think Purdue has the strongest chance. Um, talking about this game. I would probably take Indiana. It's just like Ohio State's been fairly inconsistent. I think Trace Jackson Davis is going to do, do a pretty good job, uh, you know, rebounding. Uh, I think they'll defend EJ Liddell pretty well. Uh, and it's just hard to win on the road. I don't even know what the spread is uh, or if there is one yet, but I like Indiana. Yeah, I'm going to take Indiana too, especially at home. Indiana's been really, really solid defensively. Um, and I think that they have the size and length to bother Ohio State. So I do like Indiana winning this game, but again, it's the Big Ten. Like we could see tomorrow that there's seven guys out with COVID. So and that's just part of the game at this point. Um, let's go on to maybe another one. We have a Big East matchup: UConn versus Seton Hall. Seton Hall has been ravaged by COVID, like incredibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they had what like three starters out a couple of games ago. Um, so assuming that they're healthy and ready to play. I like seeing Hall just because I think that um, they have a ton of shot creators that uh, are able to get their own shot. I think they could shoot with UConn, who's started off the season really hot, and they've now started to kind of regress maybe back to their mean in terms of shooting percentages. So, I mean, I like seeing Hall to win, but again, like it's really dependent on who's healthy and who can play. Yeah, I think I like UConn. It's just like I agree that it's a whole like who's healthy thing. Like coming back from COVID, especially like the first game, it's definitely tough. Uh, you know, RJ Cole, Sonogo, like Sonogo, like he's a star. I don't know if he's still out. He missed a couple games, but uh, if 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 UConn has their guys, even on the road, I, I think they beat this team. Let's go on to uh, Iowa State against Oklahoma. Um, I'm gonna go out first, and because I think I know what you're gonna say, I, I think Oklahoma wins. Uh, I think Iowa State is a solid team. I don't think they're 
as good as they're made out to be. Like, I don't think this Iowa State's a top 10 team. I think they're like more hanging around like the 24, 23, 22. They're a really elite defensive team, but Oklahoma is, has shown that they can score with really good defensive teams. And so I think especially with Oklahoma at home, this just seems like a setup game for uh, Iowa State to get a loss here. Yeah, I think it'll be close. And I don't necessarily disagree with your characterization as Iowa, with Iowa State in the low 20s. You know, I think maybe they're in like closer to like the mid to high teens, but, you know, probably high teens. But I just don't think this Oklahoma team's like that good. I don't know. Like, yeah, they're at home. Like, we'll see. Uh, but, like, this team lost to Utah State and Butler. Like, that's terrible. Uh, like, they really have not. They beat Florida and solid. And they beat Arkansas. Eh, Arkansas, I don't know, not very good. And, like, that Baylor game was, like, close, I guess. But, like, I don't know. I think they lose. Let's go on to – let's do one more game. Uh, Tennessee going up against LSU. Uh, pretty big matchup coming out of the SEC. Uh, Tennessee is 9-3. LSU is 13-1. Tennessee hasn't really played many games due to COVID. Uh, but this one should be a defensive battle. This is the number one adjusted defensive efficiency team versus the number four defensive team. I I think I like Tennessee in this one just because I think that they're starting to figure out their guard rotations. And uh, they, they lost to Alabama in like their last game, but like that was so long ago too. I They beat Arizona, um, and I thought they looked really good in that game, especially on the defensive side. John Fulkerson is playing well. Uh, Kenny Chandler is starting to figure it out. I like Tennessee. Yeah, I, you covered most of it. I like Tennessee too. Like it's on the road, but I watched that Arizona game and they looked they looked quite good. Uh, the, the the like the I think they were up like nineteen to two or something like that. Like it just did not, you know, seem very close. We talked about it. LSU is a great defensive team. Tennessee is a great defensive team. The over under for this game is definitely going to be very low. Tennessee's on the road. Uh, I, I still like them to win. I kind of just think they're more talented, more experienced, and sort of just better in most facets. Uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for today. Thanks for listening. Um, we'll try to get back on schedule with uh, the uploads for the podcast. Um, we're also going to be, again, like we'll, we all have the, a draft podcast maybe come out a couple of times. We're going to start focusing on that along with the college basketball stuff. Uh, maybe a little bit of a recap on what happens in the national championship game. But as always, thanks for listening. Uh, see you all next week and go blue. Let's get some UCLA basketball.